Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 19th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up And he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this time to gather together in this place to worship you. We thank you for the gift of music. We thank you for your holy word. We thank you for the joy of fellowship. And Lord, as we come now to this time of the message, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation and thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Friends, I would be remiss without saying that I am so grateful that you are here this morning. We've got two strikes going against us. It's daylight savings, so perhaps you're a little bit tired. Uh, It is probably the most wintry day we've had all winter with this mix. Um, And so it's dreary and gloomy, and yet you're here. We're so grateful to be here again, to gather together and to worship and to experience the warmth of this place and this spirit. And we gather today and we hear this story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And I love this story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. I think it's one of those stories where you can't help but be drawn into the passage. You can't help but wonder what must have been like to have witnessed this scene. Perhaps can't help but wonder to to, to think, what is the story behind the story? And I'm especially intrigued by Zacchaeus. Who is Zacchaeus? Luke gives us one sentence to describe Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And that's one sentence, but it's a sentence with so much power 
and so much meaning to it. You see, for the people of Israel, there were sinners and there were tax collectors. Tax collectors had their own category because these were the people that worked for the oppressive Roman Empire. And they had a reputation for lining their own pockets by taking a little off the top when they taxed their own community. Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. He had wealth, he had power in the Roman Empire, but to say that he was probably despised is likely an understatement. But there's something else about Zacchaeus that draws me in, and that is Zacchaeus is a seeker. He's a seeker. Now perhaps on one hand we can look at this story and, and we could think, well maybe Zacchaeus is here in this story because he's curious. He's heard about Jesus and he just wants to see what all the fuss is about. But based on how this story unfolds, I can't help but wonder if the reasons for Zacchaeus going to see Jesus go much deeper. I mean, here is an adult who is willing to climb a tree in front of a large audience. In many respects, Zacchaeus was a rather successful man. He had wealth, he had power in the Roman Empire, and it came at quite a cost to his social standing within the Jewish community. And perhaps because of this, or perhaps because of other reasons, maybe Zacchaeus felt within him incomplete, unsatisfied, disconnected. Perhaps Zacchaeus felt as if things were not as they should be, that not all was well with his life. Perhaps Zacchaeus felt as if his desire for power and for wealth left him empty-handed, that his desires were disordered. Perhaps Zacchaeus was looking for something different, something more. Perhaps his heart was restless and searching. Friends, maybe we can empathize with Zacchaeus. We're all seekers. Our lives are motivated and driven by the search and desire for something, even on a daily basis. I'll pick on myself, there are days where at the end of a very stressful day, I seek comfort, I seek a pick-me-up, and I just reach for that piece of chocolate. Perhaps if we go a little bit deeper than that, though, perhaps if we look at our hearts and we take time to search them, perhaps we discover what we're seeking. We're seeking purpose. We're seeking to belong. We're seeking to be loved and to be valued unconditionally. We're seeking a sense of peace, shalom, which means a sense of wholeness and completeness and that all shall be well. Often though, as, as we try to seek to fulfill these longings, we turn to things of this world things that are temporary, things that can actually be destructive, things that ultimately fall far short of fulfillment. Much to my dismay, that little piece of chocolate does not take away all the problems and stress of a day. 
We live in a consumer culture where there will always be something that is brighter and shinier and newer, and we may find that indeed money cannot buy happiness. We can get lots of likes on our social media posts, and at the end of the day, we can still walk away feeling alone and disconnected. We live in a world that values busyness and this hurried pace of life, and there is always something more we can add to our schedules and squeeze everything in, but at the end of the day, we can still feel depleted and worn out. The things of this world cannot satisfy our deepest longings, nor are they really the things that our heart is truly seeking. And I can't help but wonder if maybe deep down Zacchaeus knew that, and if deep down we too know that. In thinking about Zacchaeus and thinking about our own hearts. I am reminded of a quotation from one of our early church fathers uh, named Augustine. And in one of his writings, he says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I've also heard it said that sometimes we, we, we describe our hearts as having this sort of God-shaped hole that only God, of course, can fill. Friends, the life that we are ultimately seeking, a life of purpose, a life of deep belonging and perfect love, a life of wholeness, a life in which we are living the way we are created to be, can only be found in relationship with our trying God. Only in relationship with God do we find all that we're seeking. And Zacchaeus comes to know this truth as he encounters Jesus, and his life and his heart is transformed by the grace and love of Christ. We see that his priorities, his intentions, his desires are reordered and reoriented to God. His heart becomes open to humble service and generosity and mercy. He's restored to the life of community and he finds his true belonging in Christ. In seeking and encountering Christ, Zacchaeus finds rest and reconciliation and hope and life. I think Zacchaeus' encounter with Christ speaks to us, especially as we're journeying through this season of Lent. The Lenten journey is a journey of self-examination. It's a journey of reflection. It's a journey of repentance. We are called and invited to search and examine our hearts and to really ask the questions, what is it that we truly desire? What is it that we're truly seeking? And how can we reorient? How can we redirect our seeking to God? How can we open our hearts and our lives to receive and to be transformed by the grace and love of God? This past fall, I read a book uh, that was written by a man named Trevor Hudson. Trevor Hudson is a Methodist pastor in South Africa. He's a Christian thinker uh, and spiritual formation, and he wrote a book entitled Seeking God. 
And the premise of his book is this. He says, the Christian faith is essentially a seeking faith. The Christian faith is a seeking faith. We seek that life that we know to be true, only that comes only from being with God. We seek each and every day to become more and more like Jesus. And we even are reminded about this in scripture, as Jesus says to us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And so Trevor Hudson's looking at our life through the Christian faith as a seeking faith, and he offers us some things to keep in mind as we think about our hearts as seeking hearts, as we think about our faith as a seeking faith. And the first thing he reminds us is to do this as we go about our daily work is to remember to keep Jesus central. I love the image of thinking about Zacchaeus is that Zacchaeus is in this crowd and there are all these people gathered and Zacchaeus is willing to climb up this sycamore tree so that he can see Jesus. He keeps Jesus central. And that's what we're invited to do in our daily lives with all of the crowds and the hustle and bustle of our day is to kind of go above that and to seek Jesus, to keep Jesus central. And we can do that in a variety of ways, whether it's beginning our day and ending our day with time with God and reading scripture and praying. And we don't have to do that as some sort of guilt trip or some sort of thing to do just to check off our list, but rather we're invited to take that time and just spend it to get to know God, to spend it to be with God in that quiet time. And as we go about our daily lives through our different interactions, through uh, the decisions that we have or the choices that we make and all that we do, keep Jesus central. Invite, how can we experience and share God's grace in this situation? And we can trust that as we are seeking to keep Jesus central, that God's grace and the Holy Spirit is with us, guiding us, leading us throughout our daily lives. He also reminds us, secondly, to know that we do not journey and we do not seek alone. Friends, our faith is a relational faith. We cannot do faith alone. It's not possible to do it alone. I think one of the beautiful things as I think about my own journey is that in our seeking, God often uses the witnesses of others to help us in our faith journey. And perhaps you can think it comes to mind people in your life that God has used to sort of give you a word of encouragement or perhaps have offered you a different perspective or even sort of challenged you and convicted you in your journey. We need one another for that. Whether it's uh, taking time to read um, the works and writings of Christian brothers and sisters over the centuries or uh, gathering together for Bible study or gathering here in worship, having a prayer partner, serving a neighbor, whatever it may be, we come to know and grow in God's love in relationship with one another. And the third point and perhaps the most important point of all is this, is that the God we seek not only wants to be found, but is seeking us. 
I was thinking about as a child, one of my favorite games was hide and seek. And being rather short, I was quite good at hide and seek. I could get into some places that it would take quite a bit to find me. I loved that game. I loved to be the person that, that, that could just find that obscure hiding place. But how my mindset changed when I became a parent and I start playing hide and seek with my toddler son. I realized when I switched the roles and was playing hide and seek with him that I didn't really want to be hidden. I wanted to be found. And I would go out of my way to make sure that my son would find me. You know, I'd leave my foot out there so that he could see me or some sort of thing that he would indicate that I was there for him. So much so that, that, that if it had been a couple minutes and my son still hadn't found me, I would leave my hiding spot and go out to find him. Friends, it's so much more so with our God. If we look back at today's passage, I think it's powerful to note that while Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus and searching or, or trying to see Jesus, Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. Jesus came to Zacchaeus and he welcomed him. The God we love first loves us. Let me say that again. The God we love first loves us. The God we seek is seeking us. The God we seek is seeking us. Friends, God's grace goes before us and is working in our lives even before we're aware of it. We had the wonderful gift of celebrating the baptism of Lucy. And what I love about that is in that act, we are reminded that before Lucy even knows how to say God or know who God is, God has claimed her and loves her and is working in her life. God's love and grace goes before her and is always with her and nothing can separate her from that love. God is always initiating. God is always the one who sees our greatest potential. God is always ahead of us and inviting us into his better reality. Friends, our faith and the life that we seek is not a puzzle. It's not a game of hide and seek. It's not a test. It's not something to be achieved. It's an invitation, freely given, freely extended to all, to a living relationship with our trying God. It's an invitation to another kind of life that starts today. A life where our deepest longings will ultimately be fulfilled. A life where by grace we are transformed into the people God created and called us to be. May that be what we seek. And may we trust that as we are seeking, God is seeking us. Ready to welcome us and to journey with us in love and grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.